Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. My name is Joe Kowalski, and I'm your host today. We're going to mix things up a little bit, kind of see how the analytics on this go, but we're going to start with a deep dive. So instead of making people who don't really care about Service Monster sift through Service Monster content, uh, we're going to talk about the kind of the meat that we want to bring, the value that we want to bring at the beginning of the podcast, and then the other second half will be dedicated towards Service Monster updates, smug posts, and then a feature focus. Today's feature focused, you guys have been waiting for it for a long time, the Estimate Approval Wizard, which comes out the night of this recording, so it will have been well out by the time you guys hear this. Yep. Um, and then some of the updates and stuff we'll talk about when we get into that. But before we do that, deep dive, Adam, what's the topic today? So the topic today is lead generation and review companies. <laughs> and I was going to phrase it as a good or bad for your service company. But I feel I like we know. just we just kind of well, end. I don't know if people feel know how I feel about it. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll phrase it like that, um, and then we'll kind of go through your kind of thoughts on that, and then they can kind of make the decision on their own there. But yeah, of course, my knee jerk reaction. So um, we wanted to kind of retouch on this because I keep seeing it over and over again. New, hungry, thirsty companies like and they're unrelenting. Angie's List, Thumbtack, you know, uh, Home Advisor. And now I, I keep hearing about companies that like the review company. Uh, what's the one? A Yelp. Yelp. Man, they're just unrelenting with these phone calls. And so these young, hungry companies get on and say, should I pay these guys money to give me leads? Um, and it's a bad scene. I get it. I get the thirst. And I, hey, some people have managed to make money off of it in certain areas for certain services. But by far and large, by and large, it is just a bad move for the service provider for a million different reasons that we can get into. We did a video on this about two years ago. It's one of our more popular videos, but I thought that it deserved kind of a re-up, a fresh face and then some additions to the bad boy list, yep. uh, aggressive sales tactics, or just just grabbing cash because they know their model is imploding. It's not working, and, and millennials aren't buying it. Gen Xers were okay with it. We were cool with it. And it looked like it, oh, it was going to be all good, and those businesses were going to blow up, but it never happened because millennials didn't adopt them because they're just kind of like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so um, anyways, there's a whole bunch of reasons why this stuff is not good for you, healthy for your business, healthy for your brand, healthy for your branding muscle. Uh, and and you're actually just giving cash to a competitor is what it really, really comes down to. But so do you have any structure of this? Yeah. You're just going to so, kind of wind me up. <laughs> yeah, I'll wind you up and let you go. That's I mean, right. We, um, so there's, there's definitely a lot of the negatives that I outlined uh, here, but I think really the focal point that you've already kind of touched on and we can kind of go down from there is just what their business model is, you know, how it's selling to them. So kind of explain that to the users. I'm sure most of them are already aware of that, but then how that kind of ties into why it's going to have such a negative impact on you down the road. So they're selling you leads. Um, And what's interesting is that you're not competing against your competitor on the actual service you're providing, right? That comparison could only be done if you both showed up on the same day and clean a similar area of carpet and the customer timed you guys and then analyzed the results. What you're competing for is lead acquisition. And that happens way before you get into the home. So your search engine optimization is a good example of this. When you're local clients start typing into the Google box what kind of services they want, maid services, home cleaning services, exterior cleaning services, pressure washing services, carpet cleaning services, all of the cleaning services that that we've come to know and love, they're going to pop up and they're going to get these lead generation companies in their face first. And if they go click on them, um, it's kind of a class B lead situation, but they're competing against you on the SEO front. So when you pay them, not only are you not building your brand, but you're giving them money to outbid you in Google. Now think about that for a second. That's 
You're paying for a competitor to beat you for the privilege of buying back the lead. That's just nasty. Yeah. Like, I'm not a fan. Not only that, but the leads that you get there usually are tire kickers. And the data that we have shows their repeat rate sucks. And when they come back, they expect the same bottom basement price of services. Now, there's some cleaners that have managed to figure out how to do a little bait and switch on this, that they get around the uh, the kind of intent that these lead generation companies provide as far as what their business model is. And if they get caught, they get shut down or kicked off the network. But um, usually it's really hard to get out. So if you sign up and then getting out is hard. Plus, once you get out, you didn't build your brand. The lead process flow stops. You don't get any more leads. And so your brand was never built. Uh, you weren't competing in the right area and you were basically just providing labor for the company you were buying the lead from is really what it comes down to. Handy is a good example of this, right? So Handy has the app that, you know, uh, maid service companies can sign up for and then get a little bit of work here and there, but they're not really building a company that way. They're just subbing out the labor. You feel like you're your own boss because you pick your time. Um, but you really don't get to say on the building of the brand right. and hiring of the staff and controlling of the costs and targeting in your network and really providing a specific value for a specific market. You lose all of that capability. Uh, and so not only that, but even is worse that because young companies are so hungry to get that business and then they're willing to pay through the nose. And at first it might seem like it's okay. And then you start blaming yourself because you didn't do the lead follow up. And then you start wondering because a lot of these voicemail messages just, just go, Hey, you've left a message, leave a message. Like there's indiscriminate, there's no people associates robotic, there's no names. So it's like, are these real? Cause there's been court cases settled uh, where they're generating fake and bogus leads on these platforms just to, you know, keep you, keep you thirsty. But if you're doing that and then you leave them, not only didn't you compete with them, but you've neglected to build the muscle to learn it yourself. And so it's like, you know, feeding the bear. Right. <laughs> it's just like the bear soon is just like doesn't know how to feed himself. And so if you build a business not knowing how to feed yourself, you're doomed to fail, especially when that rug comes out from under you which means you need multiple lead sources. You need multiple lead channels. You need to establish brand and presence within your community and build your brand uh, so that people are synonymous with the products and services that you offer. When they think about those products and services, they think about your brand. And the only way to do that is touch them eight times across multiple channels. And all the things that we've talked about, especially all the episodes and podcasts related to Michael and I's conversations around marketing. So that's kind of the whole kit and caboodle, right? I mean, you're just competing with them. It's a bad business. They're not, they're kind of shady in the way they do things. They're competing with you at the lead level. So would you give competition cash to go advertise and then decide which jobs to give you? Because that's what you're doing. That's essentially what you're doing. So, yeah. So, and they got to keep the coffers full, right? Because no people are leaving after that six months and the honeymoon period wears off. And then the blame game wears off. And then if they can't continually blame you and keep you on the network, then um, you finally decide to leave. They got to go find a way to fill that. So they're hungry for new service businesses all the time, right? In addition to the same thing that we deal with, which is like a 20% churn, just businesses going out of business. So... Yeah. Did that sum that up for you? Yeah. And I think, um, to the other side, and I'm only because I'm more familiar with this, uh, I feel, feel like Angie's List is a little bit bigger on the East Coast. I've never personally really dealt with it when I'm looking for services. Uh, it might not be the demographic necessarily that Angie's right. List is looking for. At the same time, um, Yelp is the one that I come into when I'm looking for services, right? And so Yelp was an interesting model because they're the most synonymous with reviews outside of Google. That's right. right. And the reviews create a whole separate problem. Especially if you're paying for them exactly. and paying for placement within a review network. Exactly. Um, because you already mentioned the SEO part of that's it. That's right. But if that's all, is that, that's the only location you've been building your review platform, then if you do want out or if something does negatively you know, affect you, 
you've lost everything that you've worked on because like you said and this has happened on google platforms too though right and google's a better player right but i have seen people freaking out because a bunch of reviews were tossed from google this went facebook just went through this right they tossed a bunch of the star reviews they changed the process to recommendations right and so these things change i i your point is well taken and i'll even make a bigger one which is distribute that shit. Like don't put all your review eggs in one basket. I know guys who wear it on their chest, like a big badge of honor. I got 500 reviews. I'm super awesome in my area. That's great. What happens when Google just decides to turn that off? Like gone. Now you got review. I got four reviews on Yelp. I got three reviews on Facebook. Oh shit. I got to start over. So, you know, building in some automated review processes within your business, I think, is wise. And doing some distribution on different channels would be probably wise, too. And there's a handful of ways you can do that in Service Monster. There's vendors within Service Monster. Um, There's a handful of review vendors. And we've got one coming out next week. Yeah. So, I mean... Two weeks, but on the next Two podcast. Two weeks, yes, on the next, yes. on the next podcast. On the next podcast. Uh, yeah, it's our first very special guest because they're going to be actually here in the building with us. Yes. It's going to be a nice job. They're one that we've partnered up with. Um, they're and Canucks, right? They're coming they from are. Vancouver. They're coming from Vancouver. Nice. Yeah, so we're just right across the border here. So um, they're really just coming down for, in their words, some uh, some better – Mexican food. That's, That's right. the only reason they're really coming. Well, but. you know, because I have to go to Vancouver if I want to get better Chinese food. Yeah. There you go. When Panda Express is the best Chinese food in your area, something's went horribly wrong. <laughs> horribly I have, wrong. I have probably a couple of recommendations I, I could give you. I've yeah. done them all. No. Welcome County is no. not having it. <laughs> Little Dragon Lady on the, you know, downtown, like the newer one. That's okay, but... Panda Palace, Sunset Square, right there. Oh, God, no. We're we're just giving them free advertising now. Well, for what? The three people who live in Bellingham, Walker County? Those three people. There's a few. Hey, Gavin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we kind of got off off a subject there. Yeah. yeah, They'll they'll, they'll be here and we'll we'll discuss that and kind of how they can distribute through different channels and keep the power in your hands. Yes. While also still following up on what is a very important part of your business, which is get gathering reviews. Well, they know what they're getting into though. Right. Cause I'm going to interview them. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> let them know. I'll let them know. Yeah. Because one of the things that I get all the time is, Hey Joe, these review automation plan, can you do the same thing as service monster? And my answer is yeah, totally. But can you? What is the value add? What is the extra sauce that like companies like Nice Job are doing uh, to make that answer? Well, not quite. And here's why. Yep. And then uh, so that's what I want to hear. That's what I'm really curious, right? So, but if they go, well, yeah, no, mostly you can just do it in service mode. Oh, we just no, automate no. it. Then, <laughs> then it's going to be like a short show, and they're not no. going to be happy for the Chinese or the the Mexican food they had. I think we're going to have a great show. I think Justin at one point is going to be looking down at his, his watch and being like, "Man, I got to wrap this up That's soon." That's right. Or, yeah. Oh, every minute that goes by is like an extra hour for me. <laughs> and there's another special edition is that um, for the nice job portion. We'll do that live uh, via Facebook. We'll do it live. Do it live. That's right. So. Oh, very good. Yeah. So we'll let let you know via, excuse me, Facebook and Instagram, Um, you know, a couple days before, probably a week before. And uh, yeah, we'll do Facebook Live. That way, if you guys have any questions that you don't think I'm asking or that I should be asking, like maybe I should just have my phone like right there just so I can be like, okay, it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Put them in the hot seat. I'm excited. It's great. They might throw it right back at us, too. I, I hope so. <laughs> it's my show, though. It's true. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> hey, man, even on Rogan's show, they occasionally throw back. So. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. Yeah. Don't use them. Don't do it. Build your own brand. Um, you know, it could be tempting. It could be enticing. But, man, those lead generation companies. And then – like just my cherry on top, if they offer CRM services or vice versa, CRM services that offer lead acquisition services, to me, that is a ginormous conflict of interest. You're uploading your entire client list to them through QuickBooks or whatever to get the history so that your CRM portions, your customer management portions will work right. 
uh, and then they have access to that list and then they're selling that data. Are they selling the data? Is it different data? Are they scrubbing the data? Are, are they advertising their services to your clients? Right. So all things you really need to think about when you run across kind of a hybrid company like that. Yeah. Uh, that just puts a seriously bad taste in my mouth because today the board says one thing, tomorrow the board says another thing. And next thing you know that, you know, they're claiming to have number of potential clients equal to all of their clients, clients database. So it's just, it's just nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, just do your homework, right? Do your homework. Make sure your terms and conditions. Make sure you own your data. Service Monster is very specific on that. Um, every once in a while, someone will raise an eyebrow because they want to catch Service Monster. Like the, they, We have a good reputation for our integrity. So every once in a while, somebody will, like, poke at it and see, like, what can I find? And uh, so every once in a while, they'll be like, well, you do analytics. How do your customers feel about that? And I'm like – Three customers have ever said boo about it. And after a conversation, they went, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And in our TOS, it says that we're able to use your data to help support you. When you call up for support, we have to log in with you. We have to kind of see what you're seeing and help you through that process. So that allows us access to your data that you own. And then I own the metadata. That's it. So it's not your client data. It's just how number of clients uh, were processed right. uh, because it's processing through our system. So the throughput data, you know, I'm monitoring that just like a cable company or something. What, um, but the actual data is yours. You own it. So read those terms of service and really understand them. If your eyes gloss over when you do read those, then hire someone to read them for you. Well, no, you just skim through looking for the data ownership. Like there's only two paragraphs for service monster. There's very clear. Right. So if you don't find it, holy shit. Right. And then if you find what appears to be data, but they say we own it when you upload it. What? Wait, what? You own all my client data after I upload it on your system? Wait, what? (laughs) So or what happens when you cancel? What happens to your data? We destroy it after, you know, six months. Um, And knowing that we try to communicate that to you as much as possible. And we'll down, you know, we'll give you the data on download, but we don't use it. It doesn't then become part of our bigger data network. Right. So anyways, read the terms of service, do your homework, you know, and then uh, always be looking for the the greener pasture. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So now the segue gets to be kind of into the service monster update. Service monster updates. Yeah. Couple of uh, quick releases um, today. We already mentioned the the order approval is going to be released out to you mm-hmm. guys by the time you listen to this. Yeah, you know, that's out in the marketplace. That's yep. where you'll turn it on. Um, have a really simple kind of just help article that explains how to go through the process. It's really simple, but we'll kind of do a feature focus here in just a few minutes once we go through our smug posts. Nice. We'll kind of end on that. Um, there was also a mobile release this week. One point two point one. A um, couple of small issues. I won't I won't list all of them here, but you know, just kind of some bug fixes, a couple of styling things. Um, one of the things that went through, we'll actually talk about in a smug post. So I'm gonna kind of leave that here in a second. Um, but really, if you want to see the full release notes, we we have those listed um, on the platform, so iOS platform. or Android. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Every update that you download on your phone, it's right there on the platform to let you know what was changed. So. Um, the last thing before we dive into Smug, the holiday FMS campaign. Yeah. So that started. It has started. Yeah. So get your holiday cards, Christmas cards. We have one Hanukkah card even, yeah, right? Yeah, we do. So um, yeah, we cater to a bunch of different card fronts. Um, custom fronts aren't quite in yet, so we're not going to offer it this holiday season. Um, but they are coming, just FYI on that. Um, and uh, there's no special pricing this year. Last year, we kind of did a surcharge if you got your orders in late, just because we didn't need the bottleneck. But we've created three options for you now. So you can either have them ship on demand. So as soon as you process the order, just go ahead and ship them. Um, um, uh, And then two dates. And I think before and after Thanksgiving is kind of the targets, right? So, um, you know, however you want to time it, 
based off how you want to time it. So we'll get those printed and kind of staged, ready to go, and then either ship them immediately or ship them on those two target dates. Um, we do them every year. Uh, we do about 20,000, 25,000 Christmas cards. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty good program all over the nation. And there's a handful of um, cards that you can select from. And there's a form to go through if you're interested in that program, which will be in the links of the show notes. Absolutely. And I think it's the easiest it's ever been to fill that form out. So Good. So, yeah. Um, with that, we can just kind of dive into Smug. Um, some really interesting Smug posts in the last uh, couple of weeks. And it's really good the feedback for some especially some of our power users. Right. Um, we're going to start with a post that you made because it kind of shows, highlights some things that are coming on the uh, Service Monster front about themes in the new homepage. Oh, yeah. So maybe just kind of do a little sneak peek, I guess. So if you've been paying attention to kind of our messaging for the past, let's say, three months, it's been a lot to do with simplification in the new app. Because the new app taught us a whole bunch. And um, now we've – and that was the launch of the trial, which also was also simplification going from demo, which was complex, to trial, which was simple. Um, but it's a whole new sales game. So we're 90 days in now, and our lead acquisition is ridiculous through the roof, 200%, you know, 140%. Um, our conversion rates and – our, you know, kind of our approach, that whole process is in turmoil right now, though, right? I mean, what's interesting, though, is that we're hitting the same sales numbers generally that we hit last year, but it's it's uh, it's a brand new game. And so we have to figure out. And one thing that we figured out is like the darker theme. It's kind of off-putting to a lot of people. Um, and we're opening up to different industries like maid services. And so where we're maybe 70, 75% male dominant now, we're having, uh, we're moving into an industry, which a large, much larger numbers overall, but yet 80% of those businesses are female owned. And so we're looking at our products and, and the simplification, kind of what they say. And we're, we're listening to people who come in and, and provide great feedback and say, you know, I wanted to give it a shot to begin with. It took me 35 minutes to figure out how to create an invoice, which is really troubling. Skylar then has the conversation, and in five minutes, they go, holy shit, here's my credit card. I get it now. Oh, super awesome. Well done. But how do we bridge that gap for somebody who doesn't talk to a Skylar? Right. And so that's what we're playing with right now. And so simplification, we're creating a theme that's a lighter theme. It's much more inviting, easier on the eyes, um, easier for – um, easier, what do they call it? And more accessible, right? If you're colorblind, you'll have a better time. Um, and that polish, like on the grid, simplifying the crap out of the grids. Yeah, you can go into advanced mode, but most people don't. And they're overwhelmed if, if they see those options. So what we've been talking about here is we developed a PhD level application, but we need to be able to deliver it to you know, junior high kids. Uh, and so that's kind of where our brains have been at. And so the new home screen and the new theme, the simplification of the grids, um, change, here's a big one, you guys ready? We're changing the label job or the concept of a job or the term job and service monster to appointment. That's going to go global. So we will no longer be referring to jobs. We'll be referring to appointments which I think makes a lot of sense. And and if I can go deep in this for a second here, sure. um, this is a shortcoming of mine that, that makes it really blatantly obvious to me. And every once in a while, you know, those introspection moments, you get kicked in the face. And this is a big one. So like for 16 years, the day that I was writing Service Monster and decided to call that job, I didn't give it much thought. Well, to me, it was a job. A job is a subset of an order. Job goes on the schedule. I wasn't in the service industry, though. I had swung a hammer for a little while, but I didn't understand the business side of things. And so when we tried to educate users the concept of job and order and the fact that they weren't synonymous or that you can have more than one or that job wasn't the major or overarching concept and order was a child of that job as opposed to what we have the other way around. That was a major training obstacle. 
Absolutely. To this day, yeah. you still have it. Yep. And and we had it all the way 16 years ago. And so in the whole time, it's like, well, we got to make it easier or we've got to educate them more. When it was really staring us in the face, staring me in the face that my ego wouldn't get out of the way. Because then I started looking at either other apps, which they there's conflict in the app world, right? Whether they called it a job or an appointment or whatever. But for me, I was trying to force a term that already existed into a different meeting. And I and I was like, no, no, this is what it's going to be. And uh, man, that was just wrong. And so now looking at appointment, I go, oh, that makes so much more sense. Let them keep the term job and they can it can mean whatever they want to them because we're not using it. Right. That, that's a sacred word. We're staying away from job inside of our app. And now we use appointment and everybody just being that's easy that an appointment is just a scheduled thing exactly. against an order exactly and so it's just so much easier to communicate and it really was like damn i messed that up and then smack in the face with the newsfeed same thing the dashboard home screen newsfeed that was supposed to be super glorious and everybody would want to see their business and scroll through all the happenings and they're bored with it it's not Nobody really adopts it. There's some people who are interested in it, which sucked because the phase two of that was, oh, then we're putting in content from Service Monster intermixed with your company data, and you're enjoying the whole experience. Meh. That was a big, big thud. But I'll tell you what. Service Monster 5 has a what's new section. We are able to communicate with our clients twice as much via interaction per capita through the what's new than any other form of marketing or communication that we do. Emails, direct phone call, um, the news feed, uh, Facebook, direct, right, whatever. And so the news feed was supposed to be the next glorified version with that, which all we really need to do is build a better what's new. Yep. And so the new dashboard has a better what's new. That's it. So simplification, simplification, like dialing into the KPIs that you want, putting those on the home dashboard. It looks a lot like five, to be honest, because no one was confused by five. Now, once they bridge that gap, oh, that's how you create an order. That's how you create a job. That's how you put something on schedule. Then they're like ridiculously deep service items are just the hundreds of features that we have. Exactly. Right. No, I am certainly excited because it ties into what I do. Um, but I think we've made a lot of really positive steps, and I think our users are really going to appreciate that. Right, and we'll continue to learn and grow. And this is all as a result of the trial, like understanding the experience that these guys are using, being trying our hardest to capture the people who bailed, right? The, the, the experiences that we couldn't communicate with, we really dug in to try to have at least a couple of conversations. And I, I think we managed to get a very good idea of, what they experience coming in. Absolutely. And so I think, well, we'll fix those and then we'll find out the new friction points and then we'll fix those <laughs> and it'll keep moving. But hopefully our, obviously our conversion rates from this point forward, they can only go up Yep. unless we do something stupid with the product or have a bad reputation hit. Or something. But, uh, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. No, no. 16 years stands up. All right, so that was a that was a big smug post. Yeah, um, this one will be a little bit easier, I think. Um, this is the mobile feature that I brought up before the scrolling through the week. Oh man, um, we got hammered on that one. There was talk about make me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, we took it away because it was out of sync. Yeah, right, and it was a bug, and so um, Brian was like, "Well, I kind of have to rebuild it," and I'm like, "We need to get this optimization thing out." And so we decided to just freeze it because it made the most sense. It it's just makes it easy. It turns out some people didn't know to tap on the date, change the date. So that was interesting. So we had a couple education points there. And then they just really want it back because it's a natural native thing. It's how most people interact with that. Yep. And so, um, so we are going to put it back in. We had decided that we were going to rewrite the control already, but we just got to find the right time for it. We got to give Brian a little bit of breathing room because right now he's just murdering trackers, right? Every little thing that Brenda has reported. First, we cherry pick what can we eliminate quickly, and then you know what are big, you know, um, priority items, and then how much time do we have before, you know, 
Joe's yelling at my desk that the next release got to go out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of the ebb and flow of, of that push, pr- push of that product. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll, you know, we'll take it and stride, uh, but it'll be going back in. Just not sure when. Yep. So this next one, um, Michael added in, and I'm sure you'll see in a second why he added it in. Um, you proposed a question to our, uh, smug users. I actually think, I think you made this one maybe even on your, your main account as well about maybe, I don't think I did the business coaches. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't. Okay. That would have been weird because only one person misunderstood the post in the, in the way that I was worried people mis- would misunderstand it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you just kind of explain <clears throat> what we're talking about? Um, with Do we this- have to? Can we just keep it a mystery for the listening audience? Should we? I don't know. I mean, we definitely can. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not fully implemented yet. It's just kind of like a teaser. I, I know. Guess. I don't know if Eric will let us talk about it. Okay. It's kind of taboo. Well, then let's just mention that, hey, there's this uh, thing involving coaching. Yeah, then- no, I'm just joking. <laughs> so basically what I I, I theorized, because we have a lot of coaches that come to us and say, hey, dude, you, you want to pay me for you know talking about your product? I'm an influencer. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't play that game. Move on. Like, go get the money, bro. You know, but, you know, the shill artists who get cash talking about products or, you know, that kind of stuff. That's fine. That's a way to make money. Um, and I'm certainly going to not shy away from a podcast, right? So, um, and, and would I pay to sponsor one or do banner advertisement? Absolutely. So how far removed is that really? It right. could be argued, right? So I'm, I'm not going to keep them from dinner at all. Or uh, throw shade their way if they're pushing one of our competitors, and I know that they're just getting money on the side to do it. And behind the scenes, we know that Service Monster is the better product. <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, I don't have any hate towards that. But it would be nice to give these guys some meat because there's a lot of wannabe coaches out there. They start some service business. They get to three or four hundred thousand dollars, and they they think they're totally awesome, which is granted totally awesome started a business you got enough cash to support three or four employees like i'll high five those guys all day long love them to death um but some of them then go well i like to be coaching more or i like to be an influencer more and they turn the camera around and they start talking to their peers which confuses the crap out of me because if you want to be an influencer why aren't you being an influencer towards the people who are going to generate your cash why aren't you being an influencer towards your actual clients and prospects and target demographic? It just doesn't make any sense. I think in part it's because it's easier for them because they get to be themselves, which is my whole thesis, authenticity. But they get to be their more crude self maybe, their less polished self, which, hello, look at me. You know, guys, pay attention. Like it doesn't have to be all polished. So they worry about that, right? Their image to their client versus the image to their peers. They're much more comfortable with going to their peers. And then some of them will be like, oh, I'm going to write a book or, you know, I'm going to start speaking or our our stealth. can't say that three times. I will start uh, selling classes and putting together training and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm all for them, but most of the time they don't make much money. They kind of flounder. Um, the guys who have done more, they're past $700,000, million and above. They kind of look at them and they're like, dude, really, what are you doing? Um, but they do have a lot of people who are just starting out that need a helping hand. And so there's a need there that I think that they're trying to fill. Uh, most of them you know, are coming at it from the right place, even though if they don't understand, this ain't going to replace your carpet cleaning job, bro. <laughs> you know, it's, you're not going to be the next Howard Partridge or Joe Polish, which, you know, Joe's got some scary sh- stuff going on anyways, right? If you've seen the TMZ, uh, never mind. I won't go there. That's inside. <laughs> too inside. That has all kinds of shade. But if you want to go look that up, that's, a, that's okay, too. I think I gave you all the keywords. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, the whole thing is just they should be focused on building their business. Once you hit a million dollars, you've got 10 people that can, can support the business and you can go off and have fun. And if you want to be an influencer, you should focus on your target demographic, which is kind of what we're doing. Right. So I'm guilty of this. I'm putting myself in front of the camera, even though it took marketing three years to convince me to do so because I didn't want to really have anything to do with it. 
And I'm not there for me. I'm there for you guys. So I'm not going to be there for an unknown you guys. And I'm not really helping. I help service businesses. That's what I do. So anyway, uh, the whole thing to come to, I would be nice to help these coaches really help service monster users who really need help with service monster. Because I hear all the time, Joe, I'm just not using service monster to its full capabilities. Setting up drip campaigns and doing filters isn't easy. You got to have a little bit of a data mindset. Setting up templates is hard. Even through the what you see, what you get editor that we have, like sometimes that thing don't behave right. And you got to know the little nuances and tricks in order to craft a beautiful email or use the right copy in the text that you send out, uh, set up links to your website. And like there's some kind of technical slash marketing slash artisticness that goes into setting this stuff up. It's not even just the basic design. It's as simple as grammar, spelling. Like this is their first interaction with you. You got to make sure that that's, you know, that's a very kind of high pressure thing. It is. And so if these coaches are there to help and help businesses grow um, and they have systems that they want to kind of help them establish, what better system to help them establish it than Service Monster? And if they if they put their mouth, money where their mouth is, they'll start on day one. Then they'll say, print out these three reports, pin those on the wall. And in six months, they'll come back and they'll say, print out those three reports, take a look, and here's what I've helped you accomplish. Um, and it's real easy to justify not only your existence, but then when they start seeing real work, like actual templates being built and you know, drip campaigns being set up. And once you do a handful of these, they're not that difficult. You'll understand it at a level that most business owners couldn't. And so you could do three or four businesses and you can make real money, charge them a you know, decent fee per hour, a couple hundred bucks per hour or hundred bucks per hour, whatever you want to do. Or you can do a retainer, say, look, pay me 500 bucks a month. And, you know, you can talk to me for two hours, a, you know, a month. We'll then do unlimited email and I'll dedicate X number of hours to you a month building the stuff in your business that you can actually build a business on. We have several thousand users. There's, you know, there's going to be 50, 80 in your state. <laughs> and if you're, if you are global, it might be a very cool thing to do. And so I just posed the question on Smug, hey, would you guys be interested in something like this? Um, I tried to make it clear, though, I was not talking about a training replacement or, uh, you know, kind of pushing off our responsibility oh, right. of teaching users how to use the product. Um, but I mean, it's an $80 a month or $125 a month product. We have the best support on the planet for the product that we provide, but we can't build everyone's email templates. Right. We can't build everyone's drip campaigns. We can't do every filter for every campaign you want to set up. That doesn't, I just not a viable business model for that level of service going to a coach uh, might be pretty cool. And so, of course, they would make a lot more money than the, you know, residual fee or the one-off lead generation that these other CRMs are promising them, the influencers, just for a quick buck. That's a, It could be an actual business, you know, with um, actual recurring revenue. It's like, damn, Service Monster's paying my mortgage. Like, if you do five clients at 500 bucks a pop and you're dedicating enough time to justify that value, then they'll stay on for six months or a year. And there you go, 2500 bucks a month. Pay your mortgage. Yeah. So that would be cool. Those are my thoughts. Sometimes I think my thoughts out loud or put them on smug, let other people think them too. <laughs> some people think that that means that we're going to enact on them. And some people think I shouldn't talk about them until we're closer to doing stuff like that. But sometimes you just got to throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks and get some feedback. I was really surprised at the level of positive affirmation we got. Well, see, I think, and maybe this is, maybe I'm more of an optimist than I think I am, <laughs> but I think a big part of it is you see it in the smug community. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's a square in that circle. <laughs> um, you see it in the smug community, especially, um, but I really think that a lot of these small business owners generally do want to help each other because they started kind of alone. Yep. Um, maybe they had a little bit of guidance. Maybe they had a little bit of a leg up. They started as a tech or something like sure. that. But, you know, there's a lot of questions that come up when you're building your own business, whether there's a low barrier to entry or not. Yeah. And I think they just want to make sure that th those new people coming into the game 
have some level of support. I really do think that that's a big part of it. I think they want oh, to Oh, I totally people. agree. Yeah. So. But then they try to make money off of it exactly. to justify the time exactly. and effort they're putting into it. And these guys don't make a lot of money. It's hard to- They are still business owners. I mean, they that's are- That's right. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, and time ain't free. Yeah. Like, I respect that. It's the most important commodity we have. <laughs> Talk, tell me. Homestead, six kids in a business that I'm trying to wrangle. It feels like an octopus sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So let's move on. Um, the one other thing that I want to mention from Smug was a post from Alan talking about um, this actually came through yesterday. And I love that. I was going to say something, but I didn't because I, I wanted to let them. I didn't want to, you know, as you say, poison the well. I yes. Them, um, talking about all these posts about technicians not being able to see totals. Oh yeah. Interesting. And so this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Cause mm-hmm. he, he was looking at it from his perspective of, I mean, yeah, the technicians, he employs gonna, technicians. Exactly. He's like, well, why wouldn't you guys, they're going to figure this crap out exactly. anyway. So you're going to get a calculator and they understand it. And so what we're talking about is when you have your, your techs on the mobile device or so on, you know, whether or not they should or should not see the pricing and all these things, mm-hmm. you know, associated with that. And really needed to be kind of an option because it's not, there's no one size fits all. Especially for made services, right? So what we ended up doing is calling, creating a new role and it's in testing right now, which is super awesome. And Ethan is building against it in in the technician mode of the app. And you'll be able to, instead of creating a technician, create a laborer. Now, you know, we thought back and forth about the name and the way to communicate it as cleanly as possible. Um, and know that your employees who have a laborer role will not see laborer in the app. So it won't say, you know, hey, you're a laborer. Because, you, know, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about the label, but it does communicate the proper message and that this is just a hourly wage, no tech. They're going in, they're dusting, they're pushing, you know, a, a Swifter. They're, you know, scrubbing toilets. They're doing that kind of thing. And in that environment, uh, commercial environments too, and even big commercial accounts. You can assemble a whole team, and you're like, "I'm making a killing off this stuff. I do not want my guys to see this stuff." Yep. Right. So, in that case, you have labor role, which has two new rules under the covers, and the first rule is, "Can they see any pricing?" And so, if the rule is no, then it just drops all the pricing from the app altogether. And then, do you have editing capabilities, or is it just basically a live route packet to be able to see what you're doing, like a worksheet, and then perform the work? You know, complete a couple things. You can't do stuff like payments and you know signature and that kind of stuff, but right. you know, just really basic stuff, and then you're done. So now, of course, here's what I'm going to get. But Joe, my business needs something in between. And I'm like, okay, well, what's coming is custom rules. So the roles that are established within the system now, and I've talked about this before, there's a handful of them, and they have rules in the background associated with them. And they're just associated with that role by default that we have created for the system. Um, we're using these now in such a way where we're going to be able to open up the creation of roles based off of an existing role and then let you modify the rules within that role. And then you'll kind of get to choose or tighten down things. Um, so no, that's coming down the pipe. You know, I don't have a, a, a soon ETA because I think we still have to run around service monster quite a bit and implement the rules directly. Right. Where I think right now we're triggering off roles directly. But in the app, it's all clean. The app is based off rules. So pretty excited about that. And I want to get that to you guys, you know, definitely in 2020. <laughs> we'll just call it that. Right. Um, and uh, and then you'll have more more granular control. But this solves the immediate problem. You can mark an employee's laborer. They can log into the app and see where they need to go and what they need to do with their jobs and not much else. Exactly. So that's uh, that's the last little bit on Smug. Um, We've already gone pretty long, but we can talk about this new feature focus. Oh, man. There's people that are like smashing the the refresh button. Yep. Um, So, yeah. yeah. So uh, go to the marketplace if you haven't done so already, and you'll be able to find our estimate approval process. And so 
Adam, why don't you explain to it? Because Absolutely. you've been in it. I haven't actually been in it. I whiteboarded it, and then right. the um, pay, or online payment went so freaking good, and I stayed out of that. I was like, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna stay out of this one too. <laughs> so um, it's technically called order approval, even though okay. the vast majority of this is going to be in the estimate process. But you can approve work orders, exactly. sure. Um, but the idea, it works exactly like the invoice page currently works. So if any of you guys are utilizing that, you're, you're already a step ahead. Um, you will activate this within the marketplace if it's a feature you want to turn on. And that will give you access to some data tags for both your email templates and your text messaging templates. And if you add that to one of your templates, then when you're you've gone on site, you know, maybe you have an estimate, maybe the client wasn't even there. He just did like, it's, like an, it's an external, um, you know, job um, or an exterior is what I meant to say job there. Then, you know, you can send them an estimate with all of the fine, finer points, but you also have this little link. And when they click on that link, it takes them to a page has the order itself laid out and then a simple, just accept or decline. Now, when you send this out, the other cool thing is that it will have a little tracker icon on the order page itself. So it'll have um, has four different kind of uh, states, states, statuses. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sent, viewed, um, approved or declined. We put in viewed. Yeah. We got viewed in. Yep. Holy shit. I did not know that. Yeah. The funny thing about that, too, was that <laughs> Matt and I originally had it just as pending. And then we looked at right. it more of like, well, technically, sent if we were going to, because I, I brought up the whole view thing. Yes. Technically, that's a part of the pending process. So right. We Both sent and viewed are, yep. are pending. Yep. And so now we can, now it tracks it. So when they click on the link, we yep. go, haha, we got you. Yep. It's, it, they viewed it, yep. but they didn't accept it. So go call them and be like, what's up? Exactly. <laughs> so the idea is to give you guys, you know, a, more immediate feedback on what your action steps should be. So good. And if they do accept, yep. um, we have, they can, they can put in their initials. So you have like another kind of further. Sure. Um, that comes through. If they accept or decline, you will also get an email uh, notification right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of letting you know what the order is, who the what client happened. was, what mm-hmm. happened. And then you can also, you know, obviously reach out to schedule the appointments or try to figure out what went wrong. Is it just a pricing issue? Mm-hmm. Is it something you can fix, something you can't, you know, try to still, you know, finish that lead off. That's great. Um, and then there's also a column on the uh, order grid that will show those statuses. Yeah. So, Ooh. so yeah, I know Toby in particular, I hope he's watching this because he's going to be, he's been the oh, one. Oh, he's already, he's already got. 20 orders approved. Yeah, probably. By the time he reads this <laughs> yeah, or yeah. listens to this. He's been the yeah. most vocal about it, but I think a lot of our users are going to get a lot out of it. Well, what's interesting too is it closes a major gap. Uh-huh. Uh, now you can do exterior cleaning business process end to end and never actually see or communicate physically with the client. I mean, you know, whether or not you want to do that for the first time client, that's debatable. But repeat clients, why not? So if you've got landscaping or you're doing, a, you know, pr- pressure washing or soft wash and you go by or you can even Google map it and kind of see what you're up against yep. and then create an estimate and send it to them and email it to them and say, what do you think? And they approve it. And then you go do the job. And then you're done and you're sitting in the truck before you leave and you push a button. It sends them an email and says, yo, here's your invoice. And the client can just pay it right there. What? Yep. End to end. Super clean. So, yeah, enjoy. The one thing I will add on, just if anyone who doesn't currently use the invoice page listened to that and got all you know giddy, um, is that the estimate approval or the, or the order approval itself, that's for everybody. Yeah. But you do need to have um, payment one, processing. One of the payment processing of course. integrations yes. within the Good app point. to use the invoice page. That's so right. That's, and uh, another little thing that somebody mentioned that, that kind of was confusing is authorize.net can be both a merchant and a gateway. We've said this a hundred times. Uh, Authorize as a gateway allows you access to thousands of different merchants, including most probably your bank, which has excellent rates. Yep. No, needs, no reason to go to these payment providers who are sipping in the middle. 
um, unless they give you a really good rate and then, you know, watch it. And as soon as they move, then you can switch to another payment provider. Service Monster makes it really easy to switch payment providers. So uh, we're the only CRM that does that. Everybody else forces you into a specific payment provider. But we give you the ability to say, screw you, when they raise their rates from 2.1 to 2.6. And then, you know, start sucking a little bit out of the middle. And you can just jump to authorize as a gateway and go straight to your bank. So anyway, uh, there's also Stripe and different other payments. And we've got more coming. I know that... um, Square is a big one. People are really on us to absolutely integrate yeah. with quickly. So uh, we're on it. We'll be working towards all of those. But yes, in order to do that process I talked about, you need a payment provider. Good yeah. point. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I got. Hope everyone enjoys the uh, order approval. Yeah, and enjoy the. I hope you enjoyed your Halloween. Absolutely. We have a Halloween celebration tonight here at Service Monster. Going bowling. Woo! <laughs> I'm slamming it tonight. You guys are dead in the water. Going bowling. Taking the team bowling. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey. You were over the line. That's a foul. Bullshit. Market eight, dude. Uh, excuse me. Market zero. Next frame. Little uh, little shoe fun. Yep. Like, I, I probably wore my stinky socks, so it's probably not such a great... <laughs> the, those shoes, they, they, they spray them with so much stuff. Actually, you know what? My dress shoes are kind of already... Yeah, maybe they, they may just work. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like they're pretty on top of you got to wear their, their stupid shoes. Yeah, that's probably true. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm not a bowling guy. Apparently, we've got some league bowlers here. Uh, no shit. Yeah. No. So. Yeah, no. David's got a ring. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, so, I, obviously, I'm not a bowler at all. It's one of the 12 things I can't do. Bowling is on the we'll freaking list. We'll list the other 11 on next podcast. We could, yeah. <laughs> I've got them. Golfing. That's another <laughs> physical activity. I can't. Basketball. Those are my three physical. Anyway, so yeah, bowling. I mean, I suck. Like, sub 100 most times. Like, I'm really bad. Yeah, no. I always say, usually I'm I'm a triple digit bowler, but that's about it. I've hit 150 a couple of times, but I mean, we're talking. But no, David, David played in leagues for years, and he bowled a perfect 300 game in a league game. Wow. And uh, so he got a ring for that. Apparently Pinky's a league bowler too. Yeah, is she? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I've seen Dave's ring. <laughs> it's freaking nuts, dude. Man. I will tell you one time I hit the old the 710 split. <laughs> I knocked that. And I I mean, I only bowled like yeah, a – That's like ricochet right at uh, a pool, it was, right? Sure, I hit it hard uh, in a weird way. Like, doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm still happened. claiming it. That yep, that's exactly. That's right. Very good. All right, guys. You have a great <laughs> night and uh, enjoy seeing us on – all your platforms, YouTube and SoundCloud and iTunes and catch you on the flip side. Take care.